Interwomack Ministries presents this session from the 2014 Karis Bible College Campus Days. We pray that the Word of God will come alive in your heart as you listen. Well, this morning we are really blessed to have Wendell Parr come minister. Wendell, it helped me start CBC. Boy, has Wendell seen a difference in CBC. I tell you, it's just amazing what God has done. And Wendell and Linda have been a very good friends. He's been in England ministering over there and just got in last night. So if he dozes off while he's preaching, we'll, we'll give you a pass today. But Wendell has been a great blessing. He was a pastor for, I, I forget, but what, 120 years. And uh, Then he left pastoring to come and help us start the school. And then he went to England and started our very first extension school over there. And Wendell and Linda were in England for three years two years and did that. And I tell you, Wendell has just been a blessing right now. He's the director of our uh, world outreach and travels the world and ministers all over and just got in last night, but we're ready to hear what God's got to say through you, Wendell. So come up here and give them heaven, brother. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. I tell you, I enjoyed the praise and worship. It uh, helped me uh, adjust to this time zone, I think. <laughs> Hallelujah. Or at least heaven's time zone. I'm not sure which one. But what a joy to be here and what a beautiful place to be. Amen. You know, you ought to come to school just to get to enjoy the view. And then uh, on top of that, you get to hear the praise and worship and then all the great teachers that we have here at the school. And uh, I tell you, it's a joy to be a part of this. And we have seen some changes over the years, and uh, all for the better, I believe. And I believe that uh, we can count on the fact that the best is yet to come. And so I'm excited about what God is, is up to, and uh, I am confessing that I will make it through this morning without nodding off. I had a temptation when I got up here just lay hands on myself and fall out under the power. But... Uh, I guess I'll try to make it through. Thank you, Jesus. No pressure. I just, uh, I tell you, this is one of those instances, you know, you don't know what you're going to do because they told me what to preach on. And I can, I've never been able to do that. So I'm going to give you the title and then I'm going to teach what I want to teach. All right. <laughs> well, when you, when you have as many years in as I do, as Andrew said, you know, when you get to be, be that age, you just don't give a rip about what anybody thinks. You just, <laughs> just do what you want to do and they can't, they can't uh, do much to you. That's for sure. Hallelujah. You know, Andrew mentioned that uh, world outreach, and if you're not familiar with that, that's the part of Andrew's ministry that is responsible for establishing Karis Bible Colleges all over the world. And we have, besides the campus here, 40 campuses around the world. I think we've got some students from some of our campuses. Uh, if you're from an extension school, would you wave a hand and say hallelujah? Look at that. All right. We're glad you're here. And I want to say hi to all of the ones that we're live streaming. Is that correct? So I had a bunch of people over in the UK say, you're going to be watching this morning. So I'm holding you to your word and say, good morning over in the UK. And uh, I can't hear what you're saying. 
but uh, I'm sure you're responding in a positive manner. We had a great time. We've been over there for two weeks, visited all four of our schools in the UK, and they're all just uh, going great, prospering, uh, enjoying the presence of God. Saw a lot of lives changed, had a lot of people baptized in the Holy Ghost, and a lot of healings took place. And so a lot of new students added to the, to the schools. And, you know, we were in uh, uh, Belfast, our last uh, uh, school we attended, and uh, they just moved to a new location and it's right on the uh, peace line. And that doesn't mean a lot to a lot of people, but over there, they're still, uh, the Protestants and the Catholics still don't like each other. And so they don't want to cross over into each other's territory. Matter of fact, the street right down from the facility that the school is in at eight o'clock at night, they put a gate up and nobody can go down that street any further. And so uh, they're right on the, the middle, the peace zone. And uh, one of the first times this happened, we had people from uh, the south of Ireland to come up to our meeting this time. And uh, I tell you, God's moving down there. Our school actually took a mission trip uh, from Northern Ireland down to the Republic of Ireland. And you think that wouldn't be a mission trip. Well, if you haven't been there, you might think that, but if you've been there, that's a real mission trip. And so there's some real breakthroughs happening and we're excited about that. But World Outreach is one that uh, uh, sponsors these schools, gets them started, and if you're not familiar with it, we got brochures out in uh, uh, this area back over here. You got one in your packet, but uh, just because you're on Andrew's mailing list doesn't mean you're on our mailing list. And we we give out a, a monthly newsletter. We uh, give an update on one of our schools or testimonies from one of our students. It's a great newsletter. Keeps you informed what God's doing around the world. So if you're not on our mailing list, get on there, and then. Uh, Become a partner with World Outreach. I tell you, we are seeing a lot of fruit uh, from the schools around the world, and we're just so excited about that. And uh, glad that uh, you're here checking out the campus here. And uh, remember, today you'll have an opportunity to sign up and register. Matter of fact, you won't be permitted to leave the building unless you do <laughs> sign up and register. Gary told me to say that, so I'm just doing what the boss said. All right. Well, it is good to be here and good to have Linda with me. We, we got in about 7 o'clock last night and uh, uh, just uh, had a quiet evening. Tried to stay awake till the proper bedtime and then uh, woke up two or three times during the night wondering where we were and what time it was, what day it was. And, but other than that, we're in pretty good shape. Hallelujah. Now, if I could find the Gospel of John, I'd really be in good shape. All right, I'm going to just read this verse just to, to launch us into what I want to share this morning. I think all week the theme has been on the Word, and I'm sure you've heard some outstanding teaching. I know Greg and Barry have been up, and Andrew every night, and, and the other instructors, and so I'm sure it's been rich. I didn't hear any of it, so if I repeat what they said, you'll know it's just God confirming. Uh, you know, they probably served you some good prime rib and loaded baked potatoes and all that stuff. <laughs> and I'm sure you got a filet mignon in there somewhere. And well, all you're going to get this morning is cornbread and beans. Not very fancy, but it'll stick to your ribs. And so. Uh, so let's begin here in John chapter 1. Just going to read a couple of verses here. 
And it starts off, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. Now I'm gonna jump over to verse number 14. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And so we find the Word really becoming the living Word, the Word in the flesh. And now we've got not only the written Word, but we've got the living Word. And how many of you know they're in total agreement? There is not any disagreement between the living Word and the written Word. And uh, then I want to go over to Hebrews uh, chapter 4 and read you a verse of Scripture there. Hebrews 4. And this is where we have the very statement that I just made listed in Scripture. Verse number 12, and it says, For the word of God is quick. And that's the King James translation, but if you look it up, you'll find out it means the word of God is live. And it's powerful. And it's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and the mara and as a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And so that's kind of the introduction and uh, the title of my message. And I'm gonna give that several times so you'll know the title of the message, not necessarily the message. <laughs> but let the living word live in you. And uh, you know, as I make that statement, I wanna I want you to understand something that a lot of people are not understanding in the day in which we live. God is not gonna violate your free will. God is not gonna make you do something that you're not willing to cooperate to do. That's the reason uh, that we make the statement, let the living word live in you, you're gonna to have to give it permission. It's amazing how many times in scripture we're told to let something take place and yet a lot of people think that uh, if God said it, it's just automatic. And there's a lot of people out there teaching today that it, Jesus did it all, so you do nothing. But I want you to know the scripture's full of these let. You know, there's one that says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Meaning you've got to give it permission to be there. Jesus came in, in the 14th chapter of John and said, let not your heart be troubled. It means you've got a choice. You can let it be troubled or you can let it not be troubled. And then uh, Colossians talks about let the, the word dwell in you richly, admonishing one another, you know, in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. And just like we did this morning, that was great. I just really enjoyed that uh, time this morning, just kind of lifted you up in your spirit. And, you know, it didn't make God's presence any more real than it was, but it helped us to recognize the presence that was already here. Amen. And so that's great, but the Word of God is, that's our foundation. That's what we want to build everything on. And it's the Word that's going to transform your life. You know, Romans 12, verse 2 says, Don't let the world shape and fashion you, or don't be conformed to this world, but be you transformed or totally changed by the renewing of your mind. And that renewing of your mind takes place by the Word of God. It's the Word that's going to renew your mind and cause you to begin to think as God thinks and live as God would have you to live and become all that God has created you to be. 
I tell you, God says that uh, he doesn't think the way we think. He says his thoughts are not our thoughts. Neither are his ways our ways. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways and your ways and my thoughts and your thoughts. God's thoughts are so much higher than ours, and yet they're not beyond finding out. And, and his thoughts, this is what we have right here. This is God's thoughts expressed in words. And so it's the word of God that's our foundation. And, you know, we're, this is campus days. We're promoting Karis Bible College. And I want you to know you get the word when you come to this school. You say, well, don't you get that in all Bible colleges? Not necessarily. We know of one Bible college, and I won't mention any names or locations, but, but uh, we asked them how many uh, of their subjects did uh, they teach from the Bible, and guess what? Not a one. They use other people's books, textbooks, and that's all good. I mean, we got authors sitting here in front of us that's got great books, good books to read. Andrew's got a bunch of good books full of material. But you know, they're not a substitute for the Word of God. It wasn't in the beginning was Andrew's books. I mean, I know he was there at the beginning, but... but uh, <laughs> But that's not what we're talking about this morning. So, you're going to have to give the word permission. And I know Andrew's probably been teaching this week, even though I, I haven't been here. He's probably been talking about the sore sowing the word. And that is, what are you teaching this week? I kind of thought that might be what it was, so I, I couldn't teach that one. And... Uh, Although I uh, could probably uh, really bring some light to it. <laughs> but you shouldn't ever make your boss look bad. So, uh, so I'm not going to touch the sore, so is the word. But that's been the emphasis this week, is, is to communicate to you that if you come to Karis Bible College, you're going to get the word of God. But then it's going to be up to you to let that word begin to do something in your life. It, it's going to be up to you whether you let it begin to take root and live and produce what it will produce because it will produce. The word is for sure and, and, and God says he watches over his word to perform it and not one single word will return unto him void but it will accomplish whatever he sends it forth to do. And so the word is powerful and the wonderful thing about it, it's alive. That means that you can read it a hundred times and it's still going to speak to you because it's, it's the living word. And you need to get the living word down in you. And so what I'm going to do this morning, it's not going to be, you know, uh, a lot of deep theological discussion. I know I'd go to sleep on that one. And so uh, I'm going to give you just four simple things. And I'm talking about simple Four simple things you can do to let that word begin to live in you. Okay? And, and it's, it, like I say, it's not deep revelation, but I never find in Scripture where God said go deep. He said go out. And so that's what we're, we're bringing you in to equip you and, and get you set up to be all that God created you to be. And then we want you to get out and go, go infect the world with the good news. Amen? We need, to, uh, we need to realize that God has chosen us as his instrument to make him known around the world. 
He doesn't have plan B, it's us. And what a privilege that God looked down through the ages and saw us and saw us here this morning and, and knew what we would be doing. And, and he said, I'm going to choose this bunch to be world changers. And all we have to do is accept that assignment and then allow his Holy Spirit to live through us and, and be all that he wants to be in us. And so you're here this week and, and you're making decisions about whether you should come to school or not. And, you know, folks, you need to just turn loose of your security into the material things of this life and just put your trust totally into the Lord. That last song they did about stepping out of the boat. You know, that, that's a, sometimes it's a little frightening. But usually God will terrorize you before he edifies you. So you need to realize that uh, he's calling you to a higher calling and he's got more for you than you've got for yourself. And, and uh, you know, so many people say, when I, when I get this done, then I'm going to do Bible. No, if God's speaking to you about Bible school, you do it now. Amen. You know, a lot of people say, well, I just like three more years and I'm going to retire and I got a good retirement uh, that I can, if I just work. Well, I got, uh, my retirement plan is probably the best out of this world. And I never have to worry about the economy, uh, whether my retirement plan is going to go bad or not. Jesus has been working on my mansion for almost 2,000 years. <laughs> Hallelujah. And, uh, you know, when we get there, then we can uh, maybe have some time to go fishing or something. But until then, we got to get out there and get the word out. So four, four simple, simple. I'll say it again, simple. That way you don't have to come up to me afterward and say, well, that was simple. I'm telling you ahead of time, it's simple. But it'll help you get the word in you, all right? You gotta, you gotta fill your minds with, with the word of God and here's four things that will help you to do. Are you ready for number one? Yes. Learn to read the word of God daily. Now, <laughs> I knew they'd go over about like that, but I warned you ahead of time. But you'd be... Um, no, you probably wouldn't be. And probably none of you in here are, are, are guilty of it. But I've met people elsewhere that have, have told me that uh, they had purposed that they were going to read the word every day. And they did good for about three or four days and then something happened. And I can see all the innocent faces here because none of you have ever been guilty of making that commitment. And then all of a sudden it wasn't happening. But it is so important, and, and, and I can't overemphasize how important it is that you read the Word on a daily basis. Turn over to Proverbs chapter 4, and I want to read a verse of Scripture to you there that, that just gives us this emphasis. Proverbs 4, and, and I want you to see this beginning in verse 20. And it says, my son, and that includes his daughters also. We're not, we're not just picking on, on the guys and leaving the women out. This is for everybody. My son, attend to my words. Pay attention is, is basically what that means. Pay attention to his words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Now that's the part that I want to zero in on because, you know, it's... it's uh, uh, you guys are so smart 
Uh, and, and you pick up things so quickly that it's easy. And, and, and of course, I find myself guilty of doing it. I sometimes get in a hurry when I'm teaching. But, you know, we shouldn't just always quote the word. There's something important about seeing the word and, and, and keeping it before your eyes. There's something that happens there that I don't guess I totally understand. But there's a big difference in seeing something. And, and keeping it before your eyes and, or just, just uh, quoting it from memory. Now it's good and, and this is what happens when it gets in there. It will come out that way. But folks, you need to spend quality time reading the word. And, and you can't ever get away from it. I don't care how long you do it. It's still necessary. And it's, I'm, I don't like to report it, but I've got minister friends that the only time they open the Bible is to get a message. Folks, it's more than just getting a message. You know, I, I believe it's in the book of Job where he says, I esteem your words more than my necessary food. And, and Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And, and he's trying to communicate to us that this is so important that we have it on a daily basis, on a regular basis, and not always just getting it from someone else, but sitting down and reading the Bible. And I'm not talking about you got to read this many chapters a day or that many verses. I'm talking about just make it a regular part of your day of reading the Word of God. And look what it says, my son, uh, attend to my words, incline thine ear to my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of their, that your heart, for they are life unto those that find them in health to all their flesh. See, just the word is, is, is health. It, it's gonna produce in you everything that you need that pertains to life and godliness is provided through the word of God. And, and I tell you, we, we have good intentions, but sometimes we don't pull through on it. But you know what? Most of you, were when, when you were in the world or lost in, or in sin, before you met Jesus, you probably gave it 100%. When you, were, when you were serving the devil, you probably didn't have to be encouraged to. You were committed to it. You didn't do it just, you didn't sin just three times a week. And if something else was going on, you'd only skip one or two times, you know. No, you serve the devil faithfully. Now you ought to be serving uh, the same, doing the same for God. You know, the Bible is full of scriptures and we're not going to look at all of them. But we need to realize how important it is for us to read the word because that's where we get to find out the mind of God, the will of God, the plan of God, and, and, and everything that has to do with uh, what the Lord wants us to do. Here, here's Jesus uh, over in Luke. And this is probably a familiar story to you, but I want to take the time to look at this because it just really fits in right here. We need to get the Word of God in us, and it starts by reading the Word. Uh, this is the story where uh, Jesus has been resurrected, and there were two guys walking along on this road, and, and Jesus walked up to them, and uh, he said unto them, what, what manner of communication are these that you have one to another as you walk and, and you're sad? 
This is uh, Luke 24, verse 18. And the one of them whose name was Cleopas answered and said unto him, Are you a stranger in Jerusalem, and, and you don't know the things which are come to pass these days? And he said unto them, What things? And they said unto him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how the chief priest and, and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death, and they've crucified him. But we trusted that it had been he which should have redeemed Israel. And beside all this, today is the third day since these things were done. Yea, and certain women also of our company made us astonished, which were early at the sepulcher. And when they found not his body, they came saying that they had also seen a vision of an angel which said that he was alive. And certain of them which were with us went to the sepulcher and found it even so as the women had said, but him they saw not. Then he said unto them, look at this. This is sweet little loving Jesus. <laughs> oh, you fools and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. You know, if you'll read that as he stated there, he's saying to these guys, if you'd been reading the scriptures, you would have known what was going to happen and you wouldn't have been sad and you wouldn't have been going along here confused because it's all in the book. He said all you'd have to do was read the scriptures and, and you wouldn't have been taken off guard like this. And, and he's communicating to us in, in, in that fact that starting with Moses, in other words, the five, first five books of the Bible and, and the prophets and right on through, he said, uh, as he told the religious Jews over in John the fifth chapter, he said, you search the scriptures for you think in them you find eternal life, but they testify of me. And so what he's trying to show us is that he is the living word revealed in the written word. And we have to read the written word in, other, in, in order to get acquainted with the living word and know what the living word wants to do in you. If you'll let it get in there, it'll change your life. It'll, it'll take you to the place you need to, you need to be. Like I said earlier, it'll, it'll, uh, it'll, you read the Bible and you'll, you'll learn the mind of God, the will of God, the plan of God, and what pleases God. We just need to read the Bible. And, and it doesn't make any difference, you know. <laughs> I, I was having some fun over in England, the director of our Walsall School, he was, he had his, he was going to do one session and he had all his notes and his scriptures and everything on his little whatever those things are that all these guys in the front row had. <laughs> and just before he got up to minister, it went dead. <laughs> I said, I've never had this one to go blank on me. Hallelujah. <laughs> so go ahead and get whatever you want to. I'm sticking to this one though. That, the battery never runs down. I'm telling you, the screen never goes blank. It's always there. Hallelujah. I'm not, y'all do whatever you want to do. I'm just telling you. Read the word. Read the word. Keep it before your eyes. Let it not depart. That's point number one. Hallelujah. That's worth the price of a mission right there. Number two, similar to, yet a little different, meditate the word. Meditate the word. 
You know, the psalmist said in, in Psalm 1 that in the word of the Lord, he'd meditate day and night. Joshua, the first chapter, about verses 7 and 8, God instructing Joshua on his replacing Moses and taking over the leadership. He says, don't let that word depart from your eyes. Meditate in it day and night. Meditate. Meditate. You know, I, I say reading is like eating. Meditating is like digesting. We need to digest what we read, and you do that by meditating in the Word. I'm going to define meditate for you from the dictionary. It means to ponder, means to murmur, means to converse with oneself out loud, to utter. Now, I like that one, converse with oneself out loud. That means talk to yourself, and all of you do it. Look at those innocent faces. But you do. You all go around talking to yourself. A lot of times, that's the only one you have an intelligent conversation with. <laughs> I heard myself talking to myself the other day. We, we were over there in, in England, and, you know, the coins are different, and, and everything's just a little bit different. And I went down to, to buy, we would call them potato chips. They call them crisp. And so anyhow, I, I, I found the one that I wanted and I put my coin in there and I pushed the button I, and just as I pushed the button, I knew I pushed the wrong number. And I said, you dummy, what'd you do that for? And I, I looked around real quick because <laughs> see if anybody was listening. Thank God they won. And so I got me some reggae crisp. Never had any of those, but I noticed my hair began to curl and I began to walk a little different. So, But I meditated to myself there about making that mistake. But meditate, talking to oneself out loud about the scriptures. In other words, find a scripture and just begin to say it out loud and listen to it with your own ears. Now I know this sounds simple and I told you it was, but it's so effective. This is the way you get the word in you is by meditating in the word, talking to yourself out loud and just take a verse of scripture. You know, and well, let's just practice here. Let's, let's practice on 1 John 4, 4. And we're, we're gonna just meditate here for a minute. And it's not gonna be, hmm, hmm. I almost, sorry. I'm back, I'm back. 1 John 4, 4, this is the scripture that says, you are of God, little children. You know, if we didn't say anything else, but that one part of that verse, what a powerful truth that is, to realize you are of God, little children. You know, a lot of Christians that choke on trying to say that, but it, you ought to say it. You know, Jesus never had a problem declaring he was of God. And, and this, is, this is what he... Uh, dealt with when he was out in the wilderness and Satan came to tempt him. You know, he always started off the temptation, if you are the son of God. But Jesus knew who he was, so he never even had to address that. And, and you remember the time he came to, the, to that bunch of, uh, of religious Jews and he came up and, and he looked at him and he said, I am a God. And then he looked at him and said, you're the devil. See, Jesus was confident in who he was and we need to be confident in who we are and we are of God. I am of God. Say that out loud. I am of God. 
Okay, that's the first part of the verse. You are God, little children, and you have overcome them. So the second part of that verse declares that you're an overcomer. So if you're meditating that verse, you'd start off by saying, I am of God and I have overcome. You're doing good. And then the last part of that verse tells you why that is because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. So you'd say, I am of God and I have overcome because greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And you just say that out loud to yourself over and over and, and it begins to soak in that, hey, that, that's true, I am of God and I am an overcomer because greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I'm telling you, it's, it's awesome to realize who lives on the inside of you. And it's through the word of God that we know that he's taken up his residence right here. Hallelujah. There's still a lot of people that haven't figured out where God is. You can go to a lot of churches and they're for sure, they don't know where he is, but they keep asking him, would he come? <laughs> oh, please come. Holy Spirit, come now in your own sweet way, Holy Spirit. I'm still waiting for him to announce when he gets there. But they never have that in the bulletin. They just, you know, plead with God to come. But see, once you know what the word says, Jesus says when the Holy Ghost comes, he's gonna abide with you forever. Jesus says, lo, I am with you even to the end of the world. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. And so we are of God. We are overcomers because greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. And that comes by meditating the, the, the word of God. And you can do that with, with any of the scriptures. Just find one in there and talk to yourself about it. Talk to yourself out loud. Tell yourself what it says. It's, it's good. It's like eating. It's like, it's like a cow chewing her cud. Now, some of you are foreign people and understand that. Others, you don't even know what I'm talking about. But cows, they got four stomachs and then they got a whole digestive process that produces the product that they need to produce in most cases when we're talking about that is milk. But they eat the food and the way they get full value out of it is by digesting it and using all of the enzymes to get the full value of the food. And they've got this thing called the cud that they chew on and, and it brings all the enzymes and starts them to activate to digest the food and get all the benefit out. And that's what we need to do with the word of God. We need to meditate on it, chew on it and get the full value out of it because it's full of value. And you know, you can't wear it out. And you might read one verse one day and, and you just read by it and then read it the next day and it just almost leaps off the page. That's a good time to stop and meditate. That's when the living word is wanting to come alive in you. It, it's when it jumps off the page and it grabs you and says, this is who you are. This is what you can do. This is who God is that you serve. And this is what the word is testifying of. So read the word. Meditate in the word. And then the third one, just right along with that, is confess the word. Confess the word. Confess means to say the same thing. To say the same thing. You know, the church as a whole has messed up the word confession. And, and most of the time when people hear the word confession, 
They think that's when you get your pencil and paper out and start listing all your sins. One, two, three. Well, one, I did the two, did I do three, and and so now I've got to stand before God and confess it or go to a booth and do it. (laughs) But confession just means to say the same thing as, and when you're confessing the word, you're just saying the same thing that God says. It's just speaking it out loud. And, and God says, I create the fruit of your lips over in Isaiah, I think it's 57, 19, somewhere over there. Now I'm quoting it, not putting it before your eyes, but I'm in a hurry. Because <laughs> I got about 12 more minutes of life left in me. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Don't say that, that's bad confession. Don't you love to minister to Bible college students? They're all, they're all smarter than you are, you know. And that's okay. Confess the word. You know, there, there's power in the spoken word. Matter of fact, that's how you got saved, if you'll think about it. Romans 10, 9 and 10 talks about that if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and confessed with the mouth that Jesus is Lord, you'll be saved. For with heart man believeth unto righteousness, but with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. You're agreeing with God about this and, and that's how you come into the family. And then all the way through, it talks about holding fast to your confession or your profession. And, and I tell you, uh, Proverbs is just chock full of scriptures that talk about the power of the spoken word. It talks about you're snared by the words of your mouth. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. All these things talking about, but if we're saying the word of God, you know, that's the living word that as you speak it forth, it becomes living in you. It becomes a part of you. It becomes a part of your conversation. You realize that wherever Jesus went, that's what he was coming out of his mouth was the word of God. He was speaking it forth to every situation. He had no, no problems with any situation because he had a word that covered that. And he'd speak it forth. He was in total agreement with God on, on everything to such a degree that that. Jesus could say of himself, if you've seen me, you've seen God. Because he was speaking the word of God. Now, Jesus had a little advantage over most of us. His earthly parents, Joseph and Mary, knew his destiny from before he was even born. And so they were, they were speaking that word into Jesus from the time he was in the bassinet as he was growing up. And we have the scripture recorded that at the age of 12, he's down at the temple discussing the word with the priest. Well, most of us didn't have parents that understood that. And so uh, we've got a lot of catching up to do. And so, but we can do it. And, and that needs to be what comes out of our mouth. When we face a situation, it should be what the word says, not what the world says. And so you confess the word, you speak it out loud. You, 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 give, you give voice to it. And you realize we're the ones that are giving voice to the word of the Lord. Amen. We are giving voice to the word of the Lord. And then number four, we're going to read the word. We're going to meditate the word. We're going to confess the word. And probably everybody here knows what number four is, but act like you don't. So when I say it, you say, wow. (laughs) Number four, do the word. That was almost good enough. (laughs) 
But you know, this, this, is, this is something that, that is so important because this, we're talking about let the living word live in us. And, and if it's really living in us, then it's gonna display itself out of us. We're gonna do the word. You know, James says, be you doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving your own self. And then Jesus, over in, I believe it's the sixth chapter of Luke, gave this illustration. And he said, uh, I'm gonna tell you about a man that came to me, heard my word, and did my word. And he's likened unto a man that built his house upon a rock. And when the storm winds blew and the rains and the floods came, that house stood strong. He said, but a man that comes to me and only hears my word, but doesn't do it, he's like unto a man that built his house upon the sand. And when the storm winds blew and the flood waters came and, and all of it beat upon it, it fell and great was its fall. So in that simple little story that Jesus told there, he's telling us that our foundation that keeps us strong in the midst of the storms of life is gonna be doing the word, not just hearing it. And so once we read the word, we begin to recognize it. And then we begin to meditate in the word and it gets to being a part of us and come into us. And then we begin to confess the word and it begins to go out of us. And then we begin to do whatever the word says. And how many of you know, that's what Jesus did. He did the word. And some of the doing the word that we're asked to do doesn't line up with the way we do. I don't know if you figured that out or not, but, but we don't always do the word as scripture says we should be doing the word. Let me see if I could find some word here that kind of talks to us. I didn't write this reference down, so I'll probably have to ask Andrew where it is. But it's where, where Jesus was talking about, if you do this, if you love those who love you, what good is that? Because, you know, even sinners love those who love them. But he says, love your enemies. Do good to those who persecute you. Where's that at? Matthew 5. Where, where is it, Ashley? Luke 6, 27. Luke 6, 27. Well, it's, also, it's also in Matthew 5. Let's go to Luke 6. That's where I want to go. I knew that all the time. Verse 27. Because <laughs> I read that. I meditated in it. I confessed it. And I'm, I'm attempting to do it. <laughs> but I say unto you which hear, love your enemies... Do good to them which hate you. Now, this, this is talking about doing, not just reading. Bless them that curse you and pray for them which despitefully use you. And unto him that smiteth thee on the one cheek, offer also the other. Now, I want to stop right there. I'm not there yet, so don't test me. <laughs> I'm still working on doing that one. 
but I'm not there yet. How many of you would like to be tested this morning about, (laughs) shall I just walk amongst you and slap thee on the cheek and see who turns the other? Or shall we just say, we're working on that one? Okay. And him that taketh away thy cloak, forbid not to take your coat also. Give to every man that asketh of thee, and of him that taketh away thy goods, ask them not again. And as you would that men should do to you, do to them likewise. For if you love them which love you, what thank have you? For sinners also love those that love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what thank have you? Sinners do the same. And if you lend to them whom whom you hope to receive, what thank have you? For sinners also lend to sinners to receive as much again. But love ye your enemies and do good. And lend, hoping for nothing again, and your reward shall be great, and you shall be the children of the highest, for he is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil. Be ye therefore merciful, even as your Father also is merciful. These are instructions from the Word of God that we're to do. Not just read them, not just meditate in them, not just confess them, but do them. And you know what? That's when we're going to begin to be the salt that Jesus said we were. That's when we're going to begin to be the light that Jesus said we were. Is when we begin to do the living word. Let it come alive in you. Let you be the word being made flesh. And that way people can begin to see your heavenly father and glorify him because they see the life that you're living. I'm telling you, it's, it's awesome to realize all the things that are in the word that we've been asked to do that for the most part, the church has failed to do. But I believe we're seeing a turnaround. I believe we're making a, a difference. And I believe Karis Bible College is playing a big part of that because we're emphasizing how important the word is in your life, but not just to, not just to read it, not just to meditate in it, not just to confess it, not just to hear it, but actually begin to do it. And when you begin to do it, that's when you're letting it live in you and then it begins to live out of you and that's when your testimony becomes effective as you walk among the lost of this world. You know, we are the light. The world's getting darker, but our light's getting brighter. The best days of the church are just ahead. We're entering into it already. And I want you to know, I for one am for it. How about you? Amen. And here's, here's something I want to close with. You know, over in Matthew chapter 28, this is, this is the commission. We call it the great commission that Jesus left. But I want to read it this morning, maybe in a way that you haven't read it before. I, I want to go to Matthew 28, and I want you to keep this before your eyes. Beginning with verse number 18. Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me, in heaven and in earth. Now, think about that statement, what Jesus said. All power, all power in heaven and earth have been given to him. That means that, you know, the the sign over here, I love this. All things are possible. That's because Jesus has all power. So nothing impossible, but it says to him that believe nothing to be impossible. So he's, he's letting us come into this. Now, 
as we think about that, he tells us because of that power, we're to go into all the world and preach this gospel to make disciples and teach them to observe all things that he's commanded us, baptize them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And then that last part, and he says, and I am with you always, even unto the end of the earth. Do you think he came into you and left his power elsewhere? See, here's the wonderful thing about everything that the Lord has asked us to do. Paul wrote it to the Thessalonians and said, faithful is he who calls you, who also will do it. Everything that God has asked us to do, he doesn't ask us to do it by our own strength. He asks us to do it according to his power. All power, all power in heaven and earth, Jesus said he had, and now Jesus lives in you and says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. So whatever I've asked you to do, I'm in you, giving you the ability and the power to do it. Amen. Bless you. We hope your heart has been quickened by hearing the Word of God through this message. It's the faithful support of people like you who make this ministry possible. We invite you to prayerfully consider becoming a partner with Andrew Womack Ministries. We maintain a website at awmi.net. Our helpline number is 719-635-1111, or you can write us at P.O. Box 3333, Colorado Springs, Colorado, 80934. Until next time, we pray that you'll reach out by faith and receive everything that's yours through God's grace.